Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Get Literate podcast. I'm Stephanie, your host here in what I call the Gap Week. If you are listening to this episode in real time, then it was published on December 26th, the day after Christmas, the day that signals a week of what I call the big gap. It's a week where we are kind of lost in transition. Beth Kempton also calls this week the hush. And I think I'm going to start borrowing that term a little bit more. But basically this week, things are quieter, right? Kids are off of school. Many adults are off of work or at least have a little bit of extended time off. And it's just permissible to lounge in the week, right? To both relax and organize for the year ahead to both revel in the holiday festivities as well as start to goal plan, to relax as well as to clean, right? It is a week of possibility. It's a week on the calendar where the whole world just seems to get a little bit quieter and a little bit more reflective as they think about setting goals for 2024. Because the new year, after all, is the number one time of year where all of us tend to set new goals, make resolutions, create intentions, and for some of us, even create a one-word theme for the year. You know that I create one-word themes, but mine are going to be monthly throughout 2024 as well. So today, I want to talk about the power of reading and writing to make life better. Because so many of us are shifting from the holiday festive gear to the new year festive gear and that goal setting and all of the wonderful plans we're making for ourselves, I wanted to have an episode to talk specifically about how reading and writing can help you become who you want to be. Whether that's starting now in real time as we think forward to 2024 or whenever you happen to be listening to this episode. It's the perfect time to harness the power of reading and writing to make life better. Now, I'm not talking about setting reading and writing goals for the coming year, right? Although some of us do like to set a certain number of books to read, a certain number of notebooks to have, or a certain number of days to write, that's not the kind of goal setting and activities around reading and writing that I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the kind of reading and writing that can fuel who you want to become and how it, just by reading and writing, can make life better. So let's start there. Let's start with the benefits of daily reading and writing. And you might think that you don't have enough time to get those kind of benefits, but you do. The kind of research that I'm talking about shows that just six minutes of reading every day or a 15 to 20 minute block of writing just a couple of times a month is all that you need to get these benefits. Physical benefits like your heart rate slows, your muscles relax, your breathing slows a bit, all activating your parasympathetic nervous system, which is that rest and digest phase of our being. It also can support better sleep, something most of us need, 
Some research studies have showed that regular reading can lower your stress by 68%. And when done consistently over time, can actually lengthen your life by up to two years. I mean, what else do we need in order to convince ourselves to make the time for reading and writing? Now, cognitively, we know that reading and writing can boost our knowledge and vocabulary, that it can improve our memory, especially if we are writing by hand in a good old fashioned notebook. It strengthens our brains and all of the connections and synapses that are firing. And it even has been shown that it can prevent age-related cognitive decline. There's also some research that shows writing in particular can help with managing and lessening the effects of autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis and help with chronic pain. Emotionally, we know that reading and writing can help alleviate depression. It can boost happiness. And I would say, most importantly, it increases our ability to empathize. Because our brain does not understand the difference between reading about something and actually doing something, those same synapses fire in our brains as mirror neurons. And so we can experience things and think about things in a way that we can't in real life, but we can in a book. And that just helps us boost our own empathy and the world can always need a little bit more of that. So without even thinking specifically about you, the act of simply engaging in reading and writing can make life better. It can make your health better. It can make your wellness better, right? Physical benefits, cognitive benefits, emotional benefits. But if we go a step further and we also think about an intentional reading and writing focus, not just making the time to read and write every day, although if that's all you want to do, then go for it. Those benefits are numerous. But if we have a more intentional focus, we blend our reading and writing with some mindful reflection, maybe even some creativity, that's when we can unlock something magical in our reading and writing, right? And in our own lives. By reading the stories of others, we can actually help to rewrite our own life. And that means we can reach whatever goals that we have. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how reading and writing can not just make life better, but can help us reach our specific goals that we may have set for ourselves in 2024. But I don't just want to give you a step-by-step -step kind of teaching lecture, if you will. I want to actually share with you what my three goals are for 2024 and how I'm using reading and writing to bring them to life and make life better. I'm hoping that by doing it as an example, you'll really see how I've tried to refine the process of this work that I've done and make it your own, of course. So let's get started by thinking about how reading and writing can make life better. Well, the first thing we have to do, even though I said this episode was not a session about goal setting, we do have to set some goals. So if you want to take a deeper dive into how and why and when to set the kinds of goals that you can actually reach in 2024, you might head over to podcasts like Rachel Hollis, the Rachel Hollis podcast, 
or the Jenna Kutcher's Gold Digger podcast or Marie Forleo or one of my favorites, Mel Robbins. They have had a lot of episodes recently on how you can choose goals for yourself in 2024. So I'm not going to talk about the how, but I do want to just say something that has shifted for me. The way I have set goals this year for 2024 is a big departure from what I used to do. I used to focus on accomplishments, outcomes, things, milestones, right? Things that I I wanted to get to in order to say that I have reached that goal. And honestly, it typically didn't go well. I mean, sometimes I reached those goals and it was wonderful, but sometimes I did not. But even though I might not have reached to that thing or that outcome, I certainly grew along the way. But because I didn't reach it, I didn't always acknowledge that. And I'd end up frustrated at the end of the year. And that would impact the way I set goals for the next year. So this year is different. How is it different? I am not focusing on outcomes or things or accomplishments or ideas to check off of a to-do list. I'm focusing on feelings and I'm focusing on being. Now, I mentioned on this podcast that the advice I received from Anna K. Morris, who is a mindset coach and offers a journaling course, she taught me pretty recently to not focus on outcomes, but to focus on feelings, right? If we focus on feelings, we can meet our goal in any moment, no matter what happened in life around us. Right. If we wanted to have a calm holiday, right, even if everything came undone around us, we could still choose calm in some sort of way. And that means that we were reaching our goal. Right. So I always place too much attention on what the end result should look like instead of the inner way I want to feel when I arrive there. And this is when Beth Kempton's lessons come in for me. I read Calm Christmas, as I know many of you might have, and she had a different way of setting goals and looking at those outcomes. So when you look at the goals that you've set, she wants you to go a step further and ask, what does that dream, what does that outcome, what does that thing represent? That's where you should set your goals. So in her book, she gave the example of your dream in 2024 might be to own this beautiful farmhouse on a rambling piece of land. Well, what's the what's the dream? What's the purpose behind the dream, right? What is it? Is it that you want to enjoy coffee on a lazy Saturday morning looking out at a beautiful view? Well, guess what? You could do that today. You could do that tomorrow. So is it really the farmhouse that's the thing you want? Or is it that feeling? Is it that idea of what will happen once you arrive there? So between the two of them, both Anna and Beth, it really has changed the way I am setting goals. And I am setting goals around feelings and around being, being a particular way. So here are my three goals. And I've got to admit, this is a little, what, what's the word? Um, not scary. 
Um, I don't know. The word will come to me, but it feels it feels a little strange putting out my actual goals. It's one thing to share my reading and writing goals with all of you, but to share my life goals, it definitely feels a little, um, it's a little scary to put it out there. But here it is in reality, the three things that I am after in 2024. Number one, I want to wake up in the morning pain-free. And I want to feel good physically and emotionally throughout the day. It's focused on a feeling. It's focused on being. I don't need an outcome. I don't need the day to go a certain way. I just want to have that feeling. Number two, I want a happy, calm, loving home with joyful connections with those I love the most. Right? So it's not the things we'll do together. It's not the events that we'll have or the traditions that we'll keep. It's just the feelings, which means everything can change around me and I can still feel happy and calm and loving and joyful. And number three, I want to do what I love and be financially secure for myself and my family. So I want to be able to do this I want to just lean into this work that I've been doing and I've loved so much. And I want to learn more about money and about how to save for it and what retirement is supposed to look like. That's a goal, right? I'm not setting an amount to have saved or paid off. I just want to learn and grow and feel more secure in that area. Do you see the difference? I feel feel the difference. I am not an expert in setting goals, but after really investigating this idea of setting goals around feelings and a way of being, it just feels better than having those big goals to set that maybe you reach and maybe you don't, because I could meet all three of these goals tomorrow. I could wake up and have a certain mindset that's going to get me through the day better than it did the day before. And if I can do that, then I've already reached my goals for 2024 and I just keep repeating it. So that has been a game changer for me. And it is definitely making making me feel much better about going into 2024 this way. But now what comes next? This is the fun part. How do we use books and notebooks, reading and writing to make life better? I want you to picture something in your head for me. If you're driving or if you're walking, this is just a visualization exercise. If you happen to be home or somewhere where you have your notebook or a piece of paper or a sticky note, maybe you actually represent this on the page to help you visualize it a bit more. And I will have a link to an image in the show notes to help bring this to life as well. But I want you to picture yourself. I want you to picture yourself on the middle of a blank page, right? So maybe you draw a stick person, or maybe you're just imagining yourself standing in the middle of a wide open notebook page. And I want you to think about three aspects of yourself in line with your physical body. So towards the top of your head and your mind and your brain, I want you to think about the person you want to be, the identity you want to embody. Moving down your body to your your heart and your gut, I want you to think about the feelings that you want to have. And then moving down to your feet, 
I want you to think about the things you want to do. Right, So it's very much in line with your goal setting, but depending on the goals that you set, I want you to see how you can represent your goals in this way. Who do you want to be? How do you want to feel? What do you want to do? Right, So if you have a stick, pe stick person drawn on your sticky note towards the head, who do you want to be? The heart and gut, how do you want to feel? And towards your feet, what do you want to do? So that, and this so that is important, so that you can grow into all three of those things, into a, a, a bigger life, a better person, however you want to call it, in 2024. That's important to center yourself in this process first, because there's a bajillion books and a bajillion kind of notebooks that we could read, right? And if we just read for six minutes a day and write for 15 minutes a couple of times a month, our life will feel better. But if you really want to dive deep into how reading and writing can make your life better specifically, this is where we have to start. What do you want to be? How do you want to feel? What do you want to do? From there, we choose books, genres, notebooks, writing prompts. We choose them in particular ways so that we can bring who we want to be and how we want to feel and what we want to do to life. So let's start with reading. If we are using books and reading to make life better and to help us grow through what we're going through, we've got to pair particular books with particular goals, right? So if we think about the kind of person that we want to be, we need to read books that are going to have characters that feature that identity. Maybe it's a character that you can feel kinship with who is desperately trying to grow into that identity as well. Or maybe it's a book where the character has already got that aspect of his or her life down pat and you're reading the book more as a mentor, right? So you want to read books that can help you bring that identity to life. And so those typically could be fiction books where you are, are reading stories about those kinds of characters. Now, if you think about the ways that you want to feel, right, you want to read books that are going to evoke that same feeling. So that could be inspirational books, right? It could be those daily inspirational books, um, it could be um, poetry, it could be fiction, it, it can be memoirs, right? Those are all books that can help us evoke particular feelings. But then the books that help us do something, right? Those are books that build our knowledge, like nonfiction texts, biographies, memoirs. So based on what your goals are, What's one of your goals? Is it to be, to feel, or to do? And then how can you choose your genres in order to support that? So let's use me as an example. My first goal is to wake up in the morning pain-free and to feel good physically and emotionally throughout the day. So for this aspect, I want my reading life to help me figure out how to do that. So I plan to read some inspirational books. 
I plan to read some nonfiction and perhaps some memoirs of people who are doing this kind of journey too. And I also want to read some nonfiction so that I can learn exactly how to go about this. And of course, some fiction stories where maybe the character is going through something similar too. So on my first sweep of books of trying to figure out which books might be best for me, I've got a couple that I have already put on my TBR. The first one is The Lives We Actually Have by Kate Bowler and Jessica Ritchie, Chronic by Rebecca Mimian, Glucose Goddess by Jesse and Shopsby, and I'm So Effing Tired by Dr. Amy Shaw. And by the way, there's also an I'm so effing hungry version of that book as well. But do you see if that's the kind of way I want to feel and be, then the books that I read could support that. If I move to my second goal, I want a calm and happy and loving home with lots of joyful connections with the people that I care about. Well, I'm going to read nonfiction to help me think about the ways I can set up my home and my day and my relationships. I'm going to read some family sagas. You know I love a good family saga. And what better genre to learn about how homes work and how relationships work or don't work than reading a family saga. And memoirs are important here as well. People reflecting back on their ability to do just that. So I've got a couple of books on my TBR for this. The Most Fun We Ever Had by Claire Lombardo. The Shell Seekers by Rosamund Pilcher and anything written by Shauna Nequist, who is just a, a, an author that I adore. Now, moving into, I want to do the work that I love and feel financially secure. That means I've got to read some nonfiction. I've got to read some business books. I've got to read some money mindset books. I've got to read books about doing what you love, right? So those books on my radar the first one is Abundant Ever After by Kathy Heller, which is coming out in 2024. And also two books by Beth Kempton, who, as you know by now, has been pretty powerful to my 2024 goal setting, Freedom Seeker and The Way of the Fearless Writer. So do you see how I've taken those three goals of who I want to be, how I want to feel, and what I want to do? And I've linked them to certain genres and then linked them to certain books. Now, how do I find those books? A couple of different ways, right? Number one, I just had to Google and I Google the kind of book that I'm looking for and I spend some time sifting through them. I'll go to Goodreads or maybe you go to Storygraph and you search for book lists or tags to bring certain books to your attention. You can go to your favorite book blogger and look at their book lists. You can go to some of the bestseller lists and just browse and see if a book jumps out at you. If it does, there probably is a reason. You can also go to your favorite bookseller or your local librarian and ask them questions about the kinds of books that might be right for you. And by the way, you can also come to me. If you go online to my website at alitlife.com, I have my bookology book lists started. There are still many more that I need to add to the website, but that may be a good place to start. And of course, you can always just send me a DM or an email and let me know what kind of book you're looking for. 
If you haven't been on my social media feed lately, I highly recommend that you do. I had a really fun 25 days of books project where I wrote a personalized book recommendation on one of my new bookish postcards and send them out to people all over the United States and Canada to give them a book based on what they were looking for. So you can always head over to me to figure out which genres and which books might be best for your particular goals. But what about writing? How do you decide what kinds of writing might help you reach your goals, right? And if you were someone who wasn't bookish or notebookish, you might be thinking, how is writing gonna help me meet my goal of losing weight or saving money or whatever your goal might be? But we know it does, right? We know that all of that research about reading and writing happens simply by engaging in the act of writing, but there are four types of writing that might help you to reach your goals as well. And so that depends on what your goals are. There's four types of writing that I tend to see in notebooking. There's the productive kind of writing. These are to-do lists and planning pages and planners and agendas, kinds of writing that help us think through problems and solve them or get our to-do lists done. The second kind of writing is reflective. This is more of a journal or a diary where you're thinking back on your day and you're keeping track of it, or you're answering some prompts that are designed to help you uncover some life messages that you need to find. These are books like morning page notebooks or private diaries. Now there's also creative writing. This is where you might be writing to particular prompts you may be writing creatively like poetry or dipping your toes into fiction, or maybe you're just getting creative with your writing and using stickers and washi tape and lots of different colored markers. And finally, the fourth kind of writing is archival. This is the kind of writing that helps us hang on to what we want to hang on to. So these could be kind of dear diary entry kind of journals where we chronicle our day. It could be a five-year journal where you hold on to one good thing of the day and put it in a journal over time. Or maybe it's some of the more creative planners who, who not only use their planner to plan, but to keep track in a really fun, creative way of all of the things they've been working on. One of your goals can match to one of these kinds of notebooking, and you can lean into that to see if you can bring your goal to life. So for me, thinking about my goals, goal number one, being pain-free and healthy, I've got three things on my mind here in terms of writing that I know can help. Number one, my morning pages. That daily writing of just getting everything off of my head and off of my heart and off of my chest onto the page of the paper, that helps lift it from my body. And there's there's research, as I said, that shows that that kind of writing can really help even autoimmune conditions and inflammation and arthritis. So morning pages are going to be a staple for me. I'm also going to play around with my planner, actually doing some planning paper to pencil. Currently, I do it all digitally, but I'd like to explore more of a paper pencil planner of ways to go about my day and my schedule to set myself up for success. I happened to do a five-hour Zoom call for work yesterday. Let me tell you, 
you don't walk away from that pain-free and healthy. So a planner might help me make better daily choices over time. And then finally, the third one I can't wait to get into is affirmations, where I hope to give myself a space to practice some affirmations in the morning and then write down just one or two of them that I could carry with me throughout the day. So I've got a mix of different kinds of notebooks there. Now, in thinking about a joyful home and relationships, a planner is going to work here too, because for me, as Gretchen Rubin says, outer order leads to inner calm. And I really can't feel happy and calm and loving and joyful in my home when it's a disaster or it's a mess or there's just so many things coming and going. I have to have that structure. So I think leaning into a planner could help me here as well. But I also want to continue my five-year journal. I am finishing up year two of my five-year journal, and I love it. Every day I write one positive thing from inside my little world, my home, my family that I can hang on to and remember years and years later. And then finally, for my third goal, the work that I love, I am playing around with a content planner. So this is a planner specifically for people that have a business or a podcast or a subscription box, right? Like my envelopes of literate love. It's a planner that helps walk me through what I need to do in order to keep sharing the kind of message that I want to share. It reminds me of all the tasks that come with a podcast or a blog post or social media presence. And so that is new for me. I started it at the end of 2023 and I'm gonna keep going in 2024. And I think I may have to throw a budget planner in there as well. So you're getting an idea now of how our goals can fuel our reading and writing life and how our reading and writing life can hopefully fuel back and help our goals using my own three goals, the books I hope to read, the notebooks I plan to write in as an example. But there's a little bit more to it right? It's choosing books and choosing the notebooks is one thing, but you actually have to do the reading and you have to do the writing. And I want to say just a little bit more about the ways that we read in order to really harness the power of reading in our lives. When you read, you think, you wonder, you reflect, you connect. You may do all of this in your head on the fly. And others might actually do this more physically, where you have sticky notes on your pages, or you're annotating, or you have flags, or you have some sort of book journal to help you pull those lessons together. Now, I am not saying that you must write about your reading in order for your reading to really help you reach your goals. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that you have to get active in your reading. And active can mean whatever you want it to mean. It can mean that you're pulling out quotes that resonate with you and you're marking them with a sticky flag. Or maybe you actually are writing them in a quote journal, like I do. If the character did something or had some sort of epiphany that spoke to you, you're marking that or you're thinking about it in some way, right? Maybe you just spend 30 seconds thinking about how that connects to your own life. If you feel any disconnections from the characters, 
you're going to think about that or write about that. And the other piece I want you to think about as you're reading is if you're feeling any envy, if you're feeling any jealousy, if you're feeling any feelings of, ugh, because usually those are the signs of what we need to lean into because we want that thing for our life and we don't have it. So as you're reading, stay active, keep an open mind, keep an open heart and reflect somehow, whether that's on the fly in your head or on a piece of paper or on sticky notes, the choice is yours. But it, the power of reading is magnified when you do that so that you can get to the next step, which is inspired action, right? I want to remind you and I want to remind me that in 2024, I think we should be chasing feelings, not chasing outcomes. And if we are chasing feelings, then that means we can take inspired action around our goals sparked by the books that we are reading. So reading with that active stance and that open mind and that open heart probably led you to think about a couple of things. And as Nike reminds us, we have to just do it. Right? I've talked before on the podcast of certain books have made me cook certain recipes, bake certain things, create hand cream, make an audio meditation, take a walk outside, take a cookie decorating class, right? Books can spur us into action. Notebooks can spur us into action. But in order for reading and writing to make a true impact on our life, we actually have to do it. And so those can be small steps or those can be large steps, right? So with me, with my goals, my small steps could be to figure out how to get better sleep. Maybe I get a new pillow. Maybe I get a, a sleep mask. I do want to get one of those remote controls where the, the sound comes out of it so that I can put it on my husband's side of the bed and fall asleep without the television being so loud. Those are little things that I could do. Right? I could be better at meal planning so that that's not as stressful. I could plan fun family game nights, right? Or I could figure out um, small steps to take around money and financial security, right? I could create that budget. I could put a couple of dollars away in account. There are small things that we could do instantly after reading a book to help us bring our goals to life. Now, there's also big things, right? Sometimes in the books we read, they make these big grand gestures like quitting their jobs and starting businesses or leaving friendships behind that don't serve us, right? You can take those too. But what I have found is those little tiny micro actions that a character has inspired me to do or a book has inspired me to think about, that makes all the difference in the world. And when you're done reading a book, I want you to think about this. How did this book help me get closer to my goals? How did this book help me get closer to my goals? And sometimes it will, and sometimes it won't, right? Sometimes it help you got, get closer to your goals because simply engaging in the act of reading boosts our wellness on a cellular level, right? But sometimes it could give us some ideas to help us be and feel and do the things we want to do. 
And we can ask the same things about our notebooks. How did writing over time help us feel differently or reach our goals, whether it was our productive writing, reflective, being more creative, or just holding on to the things that we want to hold on to? It's this cycle, right, of thinking about who we want to be, reading books and writing to help us lean into it, and then actually doing something to help us get closer to it because our reading and writing inspired that. That's how reading and writing can make life better. That's what I plan to lean into in 2024. I want to make my process clearer. I want to be more transparent and how I've done this work in my own life without necessarily realizing it or reflecting on it so that I can help others choose books and choose a particular style of notebooking that can help them become the person they want to be. So there is going to be a lot more on this topic coming in 2024. I'm kicking off 2024 with a very special guest on this topic that I won't reveal. You're just gonna have to tune in for that first episode. And I'm also happy to share that I really plan to lean into this kind of work in terms of coaching as well. So you might already know that I offer book apothecaries, right? Personalized book selections for people who are looking for a book list to help them grow through what they go through. I also offer notebook apothecaries, which is basically recommendations of the kinds of notebooking that might work for you with a list of prompts that can help you with whatever you want to move into, right? I already do that kind of work, but I do plan to offer a couple of workshops, maybe even a longer course so that people who really want to geek out on this topic with me of using reading and writing to make life better, they can. So stay tuned for more on that. But in the meantime, I want to know what you think. What did you think of this episode? What questions do you have? And do you need a book recommendation or a notebook recommendation? I would love to know about it and I would love to help. <clears throat> you can find me in the show notes at alitlife.com and you can list your questions and comments and requests there. You could also reply to the social media post of this episode on pretty much any platform using Affinito Lit. You could send me a DM in any of those social media platforms as well. But remember, we have that little audio button on your podcast platform. So you can just press it. You can talk to me as if we were sitting next to each other with a cup of coffee and let me know what you'd want to hear more about or what book or notebook recommendation you need for yourself. This is the kind of work I love to do, and I would love to hear from everyone. So I hope that you are enjoying this gap week, this hush week, as Beth Kempton says, and you are using it to fill yourself up, rest, restoration, relaxation, as well as to think ahead for how 2024 could be your best year yet. Chasing feelings and ideas and ways of being and doing that with reading and writing, something all of us listening love to do. So that's it for me in this episode. Thanks so much for listening. And I'll see you inside the first episode of 2024 next. Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie. 
host and head bookologist here at the Get Literate Podcast. I'm a book-loving, notebook-cording reader and writer on a mission to change lives one book and one notebook at a time. On this podcast, we explore the power of bookology and leading literate lives. We talk all things books and reading and notebooks and writing mixed in with mindful practices and creativity to create lives we love. You can expect regular weekly episodes focused on three books you need to know about on a bookish theme and how to bring those themes to life in our actual lives too. You can also expect author interviews, notebooking inspiration, and topics to help us grow through what we go through and take inspired action to make our lives better. So grab a notebook and your TBR list and let's get literate. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Get Literate podcast. You'll find links to all the books, resources, and ideas mentioned in the show notes and at alitlife.com. Plus, if you want more, you might like to join my Patreon community. There, you'll find additional inspiration for your reading and writing life, like bonus podcast episodes, bibliotherapy book calendars, monthly book clubs, notebooking challenges, live events, giveaways, and much, much more. It's only $5 a month, and you get instant access to all of the previous content, too. You can learn more at getliterate.co. And one more thing. If you love what you listen to today, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast or take a screenshot of the episode and text it to a friend. This helps the podcast grow and builds our bookish and notebookish community, too. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.